Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to your Friday episode of Private Parts. Um, today, we have an amazing guest on. Uh, the guest is Uber Butler. He's a filmmaker, he's a journalist, an author, television presenter. He is the co-host of Catfish UK, if you've seen that. And he's done some incredible films, some of the films that I absolutely love. Um, he started on Vice. Now, if you've never seen Vice, it's an online YouTube channel where they make films about certain topics. He did an amazing documentary, which was called The Shed, which was about him getting his restaurant, which was completely made up to be the top-rated restaurant in the whole of London. It was called The Shed, it was in Dulwich, it didn't even exist. And he actually opened it for one night and one night only for customers to come in. And he fed microwave food with his customers blindfolded. It was just unbelievable, the whole thing. He's gone on to do other things, um, but his most recent documentary on Channel 4 is called The Great Amazon Heist which is basically a two-year investigation looking at different areas of the company. Now, it's amazing. He goes in to become a, see what the the work experience is like in Amazon, and then he goes on to sell Amazon workers urine on Amazon. Now, the whole thing sounds completely bizarre and crazy, but it's amazing. We chatted for about an hour and a half. It was fantastic so get ready for this episode now as always guys please go and check out our social media channels at private podcast we're also on youtube and also if you haven't subscribed already please do okay here we go please enjoy the episode with uber butler um uber welcome to the podcast i honestly i'm so excited for this yeah me I, mean, I mean such a fan man it's freaking great we, we had to take that the other day like you know this is a real fall from grace can we do this in 12 minutes <laughs> most things are doable in 12 minutes i think everything <laughs> everything is due apart from maybe a murder no no murder no, murder is definitely doable in 12, 12 minutes. minutes hiding a body no, no. <laughs> how would you how would i hide a body yeah i thought about this a lot <laughs> <laughs> I would I'd kill someone yeah, <laughs> we'll go yeah, straight yeah. in we'll go straight in um, how would I murder someone I would um, can't wait for this to get clipped up for the truth yeah yeah up. this is this is going to be this is it this is it yeah, yeah. this is the documentary that you make in the future exactly. and you were like I knew he was he was either a paedophile or a murderer and I didn't know which one <laughs> that's what it's going to be in the future I would um, if I was going to murder someone I would inject them 
with air in a syringe. Oh, wow. And then, but this would be at school because I was at a boarding school and then I would take their body to a furnace. Would you mean you'd go back in time to kill someone? Yeah, I would go back in time. And it'd be someone that I didn't know, I wasn't really friendly with, and then I would put their body in a furnace. So you're into the murder. You just want to do the murder rather mm. than the, the motive, sort of just like whatever. Yeah, the motive. Well, how would you do it? <laughs> um, it would have to be a stupid death, wouldn't it? Well, like what? There's those caterpillars that are really, really poisonous, like genuine little fuckers that are like this big, <laughs> yeah. and you just touch it, and they, they are like deadly. I can't remember what they're called. They're called like fluffy bears or something weird like that. <laughs> I would pro- Yeah, really. I would probably kill someone via a caterpillar. You would you put that on their body? Yeah. And then you wouldn't dispose of the body? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part of the question. You didn't say. How are you getting rid of your I did. I'm putting in the art. In the, the child fa- that you're murdering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm putting his little body uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> into, okay. into the art furnace. Yeah. So just it's, bodies are messy, aren't they? That's what always gets them. Yeah, it's always gets them. It's what always gets them. Those murderers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is the great way to start the podcast. I'm sorry, I do want to. Okay, there's always that question. I've seen it on Going Viral. If you were going to hide a um, paperclip mm. anywhere in your house, and forensic and everyone's going to come and try and find the paperclip, where would you hide it? I think that's it. That's surely easy. Where just, would there you? Just be some. I don't. In my basement. Yeah, but Everyone they would, would think about the basement. They would think they? about the basement. Where would you hide it? They wouldn't, wouldn't be found. Uh, in the lock, in the in the lock, in the uh, keyhole of one of the doors. I'd it? find that. You'd find that. You'd yeah. find that. I was yeah, thinking that's... in butter. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. Or I in an ice cube. The top in an it. ice cube. In yeah. a dark ice cube. A dark ice. What, yeah, like a ribena ice. Yeah, cube? your ribena ice cube. <laughs> Just put it in there. It's freeze it. You've thought about it, haven't you? I've thought about this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Doing this podcast is so great when you're actually a fan of the person. So it's great that you're a fan. Of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been so inspired your work for a long time, life. forced to watch it ambiently. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, um, but dude, I have been and. I mean, one of the big questions I think I wanted to ask you to begin with, we're going to get all of your work. Why, why do you think you create the stuff that you create? Um, it's weird, isn't it? Because when, I think probably because I find it funny mm. at its nucleus when I, st- I started with doing stuff for Vice. Mm. One, for money. Two, because I found it funny. Yeah. But then, obviously, then, you know, there's different reasons for... You, you, as you get older or whatever, you realise there's different reasons you've done something. But I think it's gen- like... The very base level is it has to make me go, oh, fuck, and it has to be funny. Mm. That's basically what I'm motivated by, I think. Doing what you do, which is basically where, and if no one knows your work, you go into depth of different industries, different businesses, different things, different places, whatever it is, and you try and uncover why it works, how it works, the sort of deceit behind us a lot of the time, especially with your new one about Amazon. Mm. Typically, the whole thing about it is, okay, it starts off as like the employees at Amazon, right? they are, the working conditions are bad, and so you go into all of that, and then it becomes so much more. But the first one, which I remember you from, which you became famous, was where you created a restaurant in your garden, called The Shed in Dulwich. Mm -hmm. And you managed to get it the best restaurant on TripAdvisor in London. Yeah, 2017. Yeah, it was like a, yeah, completely life-changing thing, obviously. That's such a... Okay, the reason why I do podcasting stuff for that is because I get to vomit creativity and it's like you can just do it. 
doing something like that is quite intimidating. It's quite scary. You're quite young at the time. So yeah. wh- why do you feel the need that you want to go and uncover these things or, or go about creating a documentary or series? Yeah, the money's there or whatever, but right. it's, is it because it's where you're, you get your sort of creative spark from? Yeah, of course. It's like the only thing, it's like the most interesting thing in the world, isn't it? Why do you say that? Because it's like, I always, it's like an idea, it's almost like an intrusive thought pops into your head. Mm. And if that intrusive thought is entertaining enough to you, and then you say it to someone, I'm just like a classic fucking school show off. You say it to someone and their face lights up, then you're like, oh my God, oh no, I've got to go make that happen now. And it, so I guess there's like a, a balance of things where it's like, this is, I, I find this funny. Mm. Uh, it, it, this feels like it would be exceptional. And I, could I do it? There has to be like a could I could I like could I make a fake restaurant number one in London or you know? Mm. It, it, it I guess it's, it has to it has to immediately the idea has to be like simple, like silly, and uh, and there has to be an element of people telling me I can't do it. Like uh, yeah. Were you always like that when you were younger? Were um, you inquisitive? Did you always find? Did you always push boundaries? Push rules? Yeah, I, I grew up. The, so I'm the youngest of six. Oh my so God. I know, I know, bad, bad vibes. <laughs> grew up in a really little, like a really little house. But everyone in the, we grew up in a village. But my mom's mom's family been there for a long time. Yeah. But my dad's from Birmingham. Um, and then we we just like grew up in a, in a house that was like fucking mayhem. Like all my brothers and my sisters' friends would all just be there. It's not a big house, so yeah. it'd just be like, I'm like it would just be hectic. So I guess there's like part of you is like you you have to stand out and completely, also completely lawless like kind of lawless there wasn't any like it was it was a bit, a bit mad so i really i i it's something i have to think about like, i genuinely have a, a problem where if there's a someone tells me a rule i kind of have to try and break it man i i I, I, I have exactly the same thing <laughs> yeah. i've never thought of it that way yeah I grew up in a I had there was uh, five of us. Mm. Uh, no, six of us. I was the really yeah. I was but divorced parents stuff like that. But, but they were all yeah, living yeah. under the same the same roof. Not the ex wives and husbands. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were living somewhere <laughs> we else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone just living. Under the same they're roof. in their own house. <laughs> Everyone just <laughs> living on the same roof. Um, and because there were so many of us, I had to be heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. I'm exactly the same. Mm. When someone tells me a rule or gives me a boundary or gives me limitations, I, I, I queeze up, I get a bit irritated. And that's why, maybe the same as you, that I'm totally unemployable. <laughs> I'm completely and utterly unemployable. <laughs> what was your, what's the worst job you've ever had? Uh, I worked in a burger restaurant. Ooh. And um, I, was, I, was, I don't know why I'm hiding the name. <laughs> yeah, it was Byron Burger. I don't want to lose faith at Big Byron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, God, so great those guys. Anyway, I was working there, and um, it was just, it was just, I just found it so shit. And not that the working place was great. Yeah. And I remember one time a table, uh, the, the kitchen stopped working, and the table people on the table said to me, they were like, uh, "Where the hell's our food? You know what's going on?" And I didn't know what to do, so I just looked at them and turned around and walked off. And I was like, "I can't. I just couldn't that do." The last that time? was the last. That was the last they saw of me. Really? <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> just a, a, a blonde head disappearing <laughs> yeah. over the horizon. Uh, Bellend just went and left. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I, I just was never good at authority and I just never really understood the concept of why someone, look, there's the law, right? Which mm. which yeah. I assume you follow as well, right? Well, in the film, I, bre- I commit fraud. I do commit fraud in the film. Yeah, and I'm going to get into that. Yeah, you okay, do it in a very okay, clever okay, way, right? Right, right. You but, have watched it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the um, acronym at the end, but yeah. we're going to get into all of that. So. Um, but I, yeah, I... I I never understand why people were given limitations. And still mm. now, when someone says you can't do it, it's like, well, why? Right, yeah, you yeah, start to yeah. think more. My, that's my dad as well. My dad really? was, yeah, 100%. He was like, he, he basically kind of, he definitely bred that into us of like a don't trust authority thing, 100%. Um, why? I don't know, but he's also got, a, he's definitely a very different person to me, but he's also got that same thing where he can't take anything seriously. Yeah. Like he's got that in him as well. But then my mom's very, I'm quite, my mom's much more like a, she's a nurse, like for like 20 years and now she's a few more director. She's gone from the living to the post living. Uh, but she, uh, like she, she's much more sensitive and much more, you know, like that kind of, my dad's sensitive. I feel, oh they're both listening. They 100% are watching. Yeah, yeah you they're guys are out. super sensitive. Yeah, you, guys, yeah, you, guys you guys are, are great. great. The people at my parents, Byron Burger, we, we're, we're great. great. We're open to advertisement. Uh, no, what am I saying? Um, yeah, question like the thing of inability to take authority seriously. But like, not like, I don't think I'm like naughty in a genuine, like I've never like done anything like really bad. Like I've never mm. been arrested or anything like that. Or like arrested, I think you can get arrested for things that aren't bad, by the way. But I've never done anything that I think is in that like, in that bigger, I've never like done, like gone like I've not gone out and fucking stolen something yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like that I kind know. of thing. So there is a, I think I imagine you're the same. I yeah. don't know. It's like there's, it's the bit, it's the grey space, isn't it? Of what there is a rule, but if 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 there's a rule that makes sense, don't kill someone. Yeah, yeah, great, completely that. Sure, but then if it's a rule that just feels a bit. This doesn't make any sense. That's the one. Those are the ones that I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to that. With the Amazon. Um, so you have this new documentary, which is out, yes, which is all about uncovering sort of secrets behind Amazon. I've watched it. It's insane. We just talked right. about this. It's got already three days in. It's got half a million views on yeah, YouTube, fuck. man, which is insane. It is. It is. It's like that's UK only as well. Just UK. Before we go into it, do you feel the pressure when you have to hit numbers? A hundred percent. Yeah, really. I really do. Because I, I came to... My career started on the internet, so and I before I was pro- presenting stuff and writing things, um, I would like I was working social media, so I get paid for like numbers. So that's how I kind of learned how to write clickbait, and that's still how my brain works. Explain that more because that's the the TripAdvisor thing that you did back in the day, wasn't it? Oh, it was actually two different things, but I, I okay. can also talk about that. I, basically, I had a social media job where I would write music news. And I would have to write this like really boring shit like Axl Rose and Slash have an argument or whatever. Try and f- write it in a way that would make people click so I'd get paid more. So then I had to almost learn how to distill ideas or things into this kind of clickbait language. And I still use that now. That's like the most valuable skill. So when I'm like pitching Channel 4 and I'm like, okay, the film is this. It's these five top lines. I, got, I, I went and worked undercover at Amazon, which is the title of the YouTube video. Mm. I mean, I got a number one uh, drink on Amazon made out of Amazon driver's urine. Yeah. It's really easy. This one I find slightly tricky, actually, but it's like uh, f- f- uh, I caused Amazon a million pounds in fines by getting my nieces to order knives. 
little more complicated. See what I mean? It's not quite there, is it? <laughs> then, then, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> uh, then, uh, what else? And then the last one is just tricking, tricking them into paying tax in my own way, but by becoming a part of. So, what I'm saying is, those are all in my head. The way that I'm, when I pitch those ideas, yeah. I pitch them as like unwritten news headlines. Do you know what I mean? That makes complete sense. So, so when you were working, doing writing, sort of social media posts for 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 about music or whatever it was, you, you were paid more if it got more clicks. Yeah, yeah. So I so it was kind of incentivized. So I had to learn how and to... And so you taught yourself that? So you knew that if it got more clicks, you'd be paid more? Yes. But you then worked out, if you put something in the title, then it would be become more intriguing. Yeah. So you basically you basically created your own way of clickbaiting in a way kind of thing. Yeah. Would you say that was right or no? Yeah, but I think that we all... I feel like we all, as people who use the internet to have a career, we all kind of have it, don't totally, we? Totally, absolutely. So it's, so it's like, yeah, I just... It, we all learned one way or another that was how I had to learn. And it meant that the first time I ever pitched Vice, so when, I, when I, I'd never had any gig with them at all, that's how it all kind of started for me. I'd been writing all this, this social media stuff for a while. I wrote the email subject to the pitch to the editor in the same way. So it's like that skill has just been so, it's been so transferable for me. It's like if anyone ever asks, like, you know, people come up to you, oh, what, you know, how can any advice? That's the thing I'm like, that's the bit of advice is figure out how to distill your idea into one sentence, like a clickbait thing, say it to someone who doesn't care about it. If their face lights up or they go like, ooh, feel, you know, there's a bit of intrigue, they can't hide it. So then if you've got that, yeah, you've got the little secret sauce because that's the same reaction that everyone who's reading it is going to have. Have you seen the thing about the piss? Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like everything for me always has to come back to that. And sometimes when I spend a long time on an idea that I end up not doing, it's always one that just doesn't quite sit in that. Does it like even that niece's thing there is not quite there in my head yet, weirdly. I mean, that's done well, but besides the point, it's like, yeah it takes for me it's like you went off often when i think back on ideas that haven't quite worked mm. it's that like head it, i didn't get that bit because right. you haven't almost sold it enough to yourself yeah so therefore if you're not selling it yourself and you're the creator yeah then how are other people meant to buy into it as well exactly yeah that's an amazing yeah i can I, in the market for investment worthy bags watches and fine jewelry Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's funny how you say, I always, people always ask me about doing Made in Chelsea or reality TV yeah. and what I got out of that. And I yeah, always yeah, say, yeah. it's always about, for me, it was about communicating. It was, I could go into mm-hmm. any scenario and kind of make it entertaining because that was the skill base that you had to learn that's, and take up pretty quickly. really difficult. Yeah, really, it really is. Really difficult. Yeah. I've got, a, I, went, I went to a, um, this is kind of just to say something, oh, this is quite funny. So I was at this kind of famous person's birthday. Whose birthday? Can't, can't say, sorry. <laughs> Tell me whose birthday. No, I can't, sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. I, they didn't know I was, by the way. It was like I was invited by some PR that I was doing, so, you know, whatever, in LA, in a bowling alley. And I was like, this is dead. It's a shit birthday. And, and I, I didn't really know many of the people in the room. And then all of a sudden, like, the fucking room lights up, Paris Hilton bowls in, and she's like the most entertaining person. Like, I, I, like immediately everyone in the room is glued to her. Mm. And I was like, that, isn't that, that? She's like, yeah, that's, that is a star. Like, you know what I mean? The, the vibe of being in her company. And then someone who, who I was with explained to me that all the people that were there before she got there were all like some of those followed people on Instagram. They're all like huge influencers. I just didn't know who they were. Mm. But I was like, isn't that fascinating the way that, that what it requires to be famous now is so is very different, obviously, to what it requires in that era that Paris Hilton came to or like maybe yourself mm. or maybe Chelsea. It's like you have to literally go in a room and be the entertaining person and kind of own the room. And that's a skill set you needed in order to be like a star. Whereas now, if you can like, if you've got like an amazing way of working your online pres- like presence or whatever, yeah. like these people clearly do, who I was like, I didn't realize, you know what I mean? It didn't, yeah. didn't make any, I didn't recognize them at all. Yeah. So anyway, when you were saying about that skill set, you you had to figure out how to be that. I was like, that is a really big thing, isn't it? It's a really big thing. And, and, and it's interesting that you what you got out of when you were because I think it's a really interesting point from that is that when people are doing sort of mundane jobs or doing certain things in life that they think okay why am I doing this for example writing headers or little clickbaity titles yeah. for a, a music magazine or yeah, online yeah, whatever yeah. it is actually it can be hugely beneficial for yeah. life so and I found it so when you you pitch this idea um, about this documentary about going undercover in Amazon. Well, the way that it worked was the the back end of the film, the thing with the potholes and the taxes. I self funded and made that while I was making catfish. I was like, I used some of my catfish money and paid for it myself. I made a short film and it was me talking to the lawyer and it was a ten minute film. I wrote it and directed it. My mate Stan, who edited the film, we wrote it together. Mm. Um, and then we put that together and it was fucking really good. And then I was like, we had Vice who wanted to buy it. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, that'd be cool. Um, and then, yeah, I went in for a general Channel 4. It came up organically. And then they watched it and they were like, fuck, we want an hour of this. Um, so, yeah, it kind of all happened in this kind of backwards backwards way that didn't really, very, like a lot of luck, to be honest. And, and just so we explain to people listening, when you talk about the potholes, is yes. in the documentary, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> you can explain it, but yeah, you... Yeah, yeah. You got Amazon to pay for the potholes to be filled in, but how did you do that? Yeah, so what I did basically was I was trying, I was trying to, I wanted to make something about tax of corporate tax avoidance that wasn't boring. 
So I was like, how do I do that? That's quite interesting. And then I started thinking about things taxes pay for, potholes for me. It's like, if Amazon paid more in taxes, would there be less potholes? Yeah, probably. And like, how quick can Amazon make a prime delivery without the roads our taxes pay for? So I was like, great. All right, that makes sense. I can do that. And I also love how much like the Brits are obsessed with potholes. It's just like they're like that like classic news headline where they're like just people in like I don't know like Dagenham pointing at a road miserably, and it's like un- like another another like <laughs> I get. I it. actually hate potholes. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I fucking hate them. Really fucking There's one on on Vauxhall Bridge like coming. Really? It's, it's massive. Do you want to go and fill it in? I think we fucking should. <laughs> I think we fucking should. <laughs> That'll be the cover, the cover image of the episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, so basically what I did is I found a load of potholes around Britain. I ordered cement off Amazon, mm. sold and fulfilled by Amazon. And I went around Britain filling in potholes. I did some in LA as well. Um, then what I did is I went down to the beach, actually at, uh, not far, Tate Modern, and uh, filled in the empty bags of cement with sand that weighed the exact same weight as the cement that was in there before. Went on Amazon, applied for a refund and sent them the, pop, the sand back. And uh, yeah, which is fraud, I know. <laughs> uh, so don't do that. Um, and then I got my money back. So the way I saw it was I got my money back, like communities got their pothole problem resolved and Amazon kind of get to do the right thing. Um, it's a great starting point. Yeah. It's fantastic. So you, you I, I, I just... I'm just interested in the way that your brain works in this sense before we get into it because because then what happens in the in the documentary is like you said that's kind of sort of towards the endish of the documentary is, yeah, yeah. and so yeah, you yeah. have to work back from that yeah. but is that is that your starting how did you know that you wanted to do something on Amazon well I just thought that it's all just it's something that observations that we all make, wouldn't it? Because in the pandemic, we all every, we fucking use them so much, mm. me included. I started this film as someone who used Amazon all the time. I don't anymore, but that's not the point of the film. It's not. And to you make, don't use it. You don't use it now because no. of you know. Yeah, I've just it's too much. I've been I've been around it too much, but it's not the point of the film. The production, our, our team, half do, half don't. No judgment. Fine. Like I don't. That's not the point of the film. Yeah, you can make your own decisions. All right. Um, but, it's very Channel 4 of you. <laughs> no, I, I do. I know because I really hate it when people tell... I think it's actually the opposite. I think if someone tells you, you need to delete your Amazon account right now, it's like, the, I, if someone said that to me, I'd go, I would log my account back in right now. Like, it's the thing, don't the, tell me what to do. Don't tell me, go yeah, back exactly. to our childhood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting. So, I didn't think about that. Ooh. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh, what else is triggering me? Am <laughs> <laughs> I sweating? Yeah, uh, yeah no, so... So you, so the, observations, so you, observations, yeah. Fucking so many people using them. Sorry, can I swear? You yeah. swear as much right, as you want. Thank you. Sorry, but horrible foul mouth. My mum would say. Um, he bottles a piss at the side of the road. Yeah. Cardboard boxes on every street corner. High street shops not reopening since Panda. Real like proper stuff that you see. That you know, driving along motorways, there's these gigantic. Amazon facilities and you're like what, the, what is that like yeah. it's quite interesting how this has all happened in the last five or six seven years they've had such an impact growth. on the way that yeah huge growth basically and almost under the radar a yeah. little bit we all use it but it, it's it's not like it, yeah. it's not bang and one of the biggest employers now in the UK like it's kind of nuts but I think it's worth saying of that because that that's kind of good but also you've got to think of the jobs that have gone 
because of the medium-sized businesses and the small businesses that which can't compete with Amazon, you know. Mm. So the reason I was intrigued by Amazon was just the insane growth in the pandemic, how much they just, I just thought that's interesting. Uh, why not? And it also, it's, it's a big target, isn't it? It's good fun. It's, so, it's, it's a bit dangerous. That's, that's and I think that's the, I think that's what it must be, right? I think yeah. the the element of danger, the element of risk, the element of like, okay, we're going for the big guns. That yeah. must be the quite a sort of exciting thing about it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been really hard to make this film. Like, <laughs> it's insane. You, you you kick off the documentary where you are, and for anyone, listen, I'm just going to put a little thing out there. If you want to go and watch the documentary before listening to this, go and do that now. I said that in the top of the show as well. I just want to let everyone know that because we're going to give some spoilers in this, I'm sure. At the top of the documentary, you um, go undercover at Amazon. You get you you apply for a job you get given the job you're yep. you get you do the interview in some sort of bunker which i don't know where that is <laughs> where my paper clip is, is that what your paper <laughs> yeah, clip my basement. Is? there it is in your basement <laughs> that was like yeah it was a weird visual joke i like have these jokes that i write out everyone else on the is like why is uber putting this thing where he's all of a sudden bald and it's like just just leave it it's, it's for me it's one for me so like you me, like it yeah, i do it's like, I, like, I call them like my charlie chaplin jokes or like mr bean yeah They're just like why has uber got no trousers on sat in a basement with this job interview there's no need it just makes me laugh well that's art though because that, that's your little bit that you like yeah, that's your signature for me. One, yeah. for me. one for me like the egg on the foot with the restaurant thing that was me that was like the silly thing that it's non sequitur, so it makes me laugh. Anyway. I like that. Yeah, it's. I think that's a great thing to have, though, yeah. in those little places. I love those little quips. So you 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 apply for the job, you get the job at Amazon, um, and you go undercover at Amazon, and you take a hidden camera with you in that. Yeah, yeah. Lots of questions. Firstly, yeah, yeah please. Are you nervous when you do something like that? Because that technically you are breaking the law. Well, yeah, I'm break. Well, I'm break. Kind of. Yeah. I'm breaking a contract. I'm breaking their contracts of employment with me. Like the confidentiality Fine. agreement. Mm. Going in for secret filming is really heavily regulated, as it just kind of should be, to be honest, because yeah. you're invading people's privacy. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, of course I'm nervous. Because the main thing as well is they've got, on Amazon, you have these airport-style scanners. That you have to go three times a day. You have to come off. The, and I knew I was going to go off. So, I, it's, and... And, I and what was your excuse that you used? <laughs> I told him I had a pelvic screw. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if that's a thing. I've never, heard, I've never heard of it. What? And the guy was asking which one. Yeah, yeah, went, I'm a, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. It was like, because I had a camera, like literally, I mean, they told me I've been warned by the production company not to give away too much but yeah. like because uh, I, I say it in the documentary so I can say that mm. I had a cameras in my when my, my boxers sewn into my boxers <laughs> like by my balls basically um, so I, it was like yeah I knew I was get, if, I knew I was going to have that interaction I was absolutely nervous and also it'd been, we took us six months to get that signed off wow. six months to be like you have the permission legally to go in and try and find evidence of this stuff like, you know... Signed off by who? Who is trying to sign? Ch- ch- the whole legal department. The whole legal department. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's, it's, yeah, it's really fucking difficult. And also, they're sending me in. I'm a fucking moron. Like, it's not like I'm like a seasoned undercover reporter. Yeah. I'm like, I've never done this in my life. So, I mean, I've done stuff where I've got... When I've been in places I shouldn't be. That's my whole life. But, the, but, but like, going in as a reporter 
And to like, you know, this is a funny film, but this is some serious shit that you yeah. see in there. It's people's lives. You yeah, know? yeah, totally. And um, so, yeah, I was, yeah, of course I'm nervous. And like, <laughs> yeah, just my disguise is ridiculous. What, what are the uh, working conditions like? Yeah. Are they pretty full on? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, are we, I, was there, I was there for three days. The thing that was most kind of that stuck with me the most, cause I think we, everyone has a kind of they patented people working in cages. In yeah, 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 yeah. There's been reports about like allegedly uh, people working in cages over at Tilbury. That's and, crazy. Uh, yeah, it is crazy. There what was, do you mean working in cages? Basically, you're sh- from what I understand. I I don't I didn't come into contact with them in, at Coventry, so it's difficult for me. It's to difficult speak to about. say, but this is what allegedly, right? Yeah, so in, allegedly. in that in in the it was like an observer thing that came out about six months ago. Um, yeah, I think I think basically that their excuse for it, Amazon says that it's so that you don't get in the way of the robots. They're working with robots, but a lot of from my experience of it is like you're so closely monitored. That's the main thing. Is a feeling of you're being watched. Really? There's cameras everywhere. Oh, you fucking hate it. Oh, like, yeah, there's cameras everywhere. Um, can't sit down. Like we had, we had different employees who talked to us about um, like a pregnant colleague of theirs. This isn't in the film, but we've got you know multiple people saying it, and it is out there of a uh, like pregnant colleagues not being able to sit down. Um, there was a like this allegedly, uh, but you know few, several different people who worked there said to us that a woman was. Um, written up for having a heart attack. A woman who works at uh, Amazon Coventry, who didn't, desperate for a job. So, so desperate to, to a job, they went straight back to work afterwards, you know. Oh my um, God. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, it is, I, it, but my short time there, like, I worked in a car factory when I was 18, 19. So, mm. worked in factories before. This was different just purely because of that. I guess that's like, it's ex- accepting that manual work is difficult, right? Like, I mean, I, I I haven't done it in years and I'm fucking mm. glad. Mm. But like, um, it is difficult and you accept that. That's, that's, that is what it is. But, but then it's like, it's how, it's that level of respect. Do you know what I mean? Like, totally. Is that, that why are you searching me through like three times a, a day? Why are you, you know, why are we so closely monitored? I had an experience where I was working on this lorry for, I was supposed to be on there for half an hour. We were on there for four hours and it was 40 degrees in this lorry. Um, and the fan wasn't working yeah the fan wasn't working and uh, yeah I mean the thing is man is like there was quite quite a lot of stuff we, we ended up com- we couldn't put in the dock in that sequence because I, I fucked up my camera what was recording what wasn't yeah. and we couldn't put anything in that we didn't have like hard evidence for uh, it was very it's very you know and kind of maybe rightfully so but like I thought I'd be able to talk about my experience like as I interpreted it yeah, openly but, but like no it has to be you have evidence of everything you're saying in there so like, fair enough really but there was some stuff that I, that I really wish we were able to um, that like I, other things I came into contact with that I wished that I and you can't say now because it's probably wrong place to say it it's just I'll get fucked you get fucked <laughs> get by fucked. Amazon <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're, they're what? Probably the last person you... Hey, hey Jeff. <laughs> hey, Jeff, what's <laughs> happening? Um, yeah, yeah, so I would say, yeah, but no, it was a pretty brutal experience, but, like, I was only there for three days, so... There for three days and you still yeah. found it brutal? Yeah, but... Yeah, but it was more like the... Yeah, I can see that you're, you're worried almost, like, say, like... <laughs> Mate, it's been... It's been a lot. It's been impossible to make this film. I know, I can get it. it. It's, I, I, yeah. it's, the, it's just legals. Like, I've never spoken so many... Like, I'm really glad that as a, like, a, a, 
vehicle throughout the film it's me talking to a lawyer after the fact and that was like I love that I, I love it but I love the way that the whole narrative the, the thing I loved about the documentary is, is the whole narrative is based around this lawyer yeah. and so it's you and a lawyer sitting in a room opposite each other yep. talking about what you've done yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and at the top it looks like you're going to be screwed over <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and then what's so clever is at the end what happens is you find out like we can say it, is that you're not screwed over because you were very clever with certain things and the lawyer is almost perplexed he's he he's doesn't like expect he it, doesn't yeah. expect it yeah. and that way that you keep flashing back and forward to you yeah. it's, it's complete storytelling from you thank you yeah I which mean, is great I, I that was like one of the that was a really early thing that i came up with i really like the idea of uh, of having a lawyer that i was talking to i'm really glad that i did that because the film ended up being this like really hard film to make like up until the 11th hour it might not have gone out why because of the legal issues yeah what the hell well yeah people are just so worried about being sued yeah, and also Amazon are, you know... Powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. Very powerful company. How much um, money do they turn over a year? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. Crazy amounts. They're the biggest online... Re- they're the biggest retailer in the world. I think they're the second biggest company in the world. 1.29 oh, billion okay. daily revenue. <laughs> yeah. I got paid 30 grand for this film. <laughs> Okay, everybody, that is the end of part one. Now, as always, all you got to do is quickly click over to part two, do it right now, and you can listen to the rest of the episode. Okay, enjoy. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.